0: Of St. Louis original podcast. A lot happening across the St. Louis region, a lot in terms of people's jobs at stake. So let's get into the St. Louis All Local. Today is Tuesday, September 19th. I'm Michael Calhoun, our top local story. Steel workers in Granite City who could lose their jobs are not turning on their fellow union workers. US Steel is blaming the United Auto Workers strike for the reason why they had to shut down the blast furnace here in Granite City, Illinois. I spoke to an unnamed United Steel worker and he says that he thinks they could be trying to pit union against union.
1: I definitely think that
0: that that could be a motive and uh, it's not gonna work. United Steelworkers are awaiting word from their union as to whether or not there will be layoffs now or down the road and how many layoffs there will be. Granite City, Illinois, Sean Malone, KMOX News. Former Acting Labor Secretary Seth Harris tells KMOX he believes U.S. Steel's explanation for idling the Granite City plant is questionable.
1: I'm really concerned that the company is trying to hide the fact that they've always intended to sell this plant, they announced back in June of last year that they were going to sell the plant to somebody who was going to operate it differently. So I worry that they're using this this moment of disruption as an excuse for for idling their furnaces and laying off a bunch of workers.
0: As you heard from CBS News, if the auto strike expands on Friday, as promised by the union, if there isn't significant movement in negotiations, it could impact another plant in Missouri, this time a Ford plant near Kansas City. WWJ Detroit auto reporter Jeff Gilbert.
1: Well, that's a very important plant because that makes the F-150 pickup, that makes the transit van, two very popular products, and, you know, if they struck the uh, pickup plants, those would really hurt the Detroit 3.
0: Already, GM Wentzville is one of the first three to be impacted. We'll stay, stay tuned for much more on this coming up. A group of citizens from several St. Louis City neighborhoods have formed a coalition called Neighborhoods Are for Neighbors, or n for n They're looking to regulate short-term rentals.
1: Concerned citizen Steve Pona of N4N says the group believes automatic board bills 33 and 34 do not adequately address the serious challenges created by short-term rentals. The adamancy that you're hearing from city Hall is the recognition that short term rentals need some regulation. They need some enforcement tools behind the ordinances in order for this to be an effective economic development tool and an effective uh, balance for residents. N4N wants the legislation to protect residential neighborhood stability and character by limiting the number of short term rentals. That number needs to be reasonable, Pona says, so as not to stretch city agencies' enforcement. And they also want a limited number of the STRs so as not to to negatively affect housing availability and affordability in the city. Maria Kina, KMOX News.
0: Republicans and Democrats came together to roll out new election equipment today in St. Louis. The new machines allow city residents to vote at any polling place, no matter their address. Democratic Director of Elections Benjamin Borgmeyer says it was a call from Alderman Cone that sparked this idea. I think I was two months in the job. When Shane called me and asked me why his voters couldn't walk across Bates to vote at Woodward School, and uh, when I told him that we didn't have the equipment that was capable of that, he said, why not? Right, And so that was, I guess, the beginning of this whole journey. Residents in St. Louis County can vote at all polling places. This new equipment was paid for with ARPA funds and cost nearly $2 million. Well, there's a new leader on the ice at Enterprise Center. The Blues have a captain once again. Following the Ryan O'Reilly trade last year, the club did not have a player with the C on their sweater. That will change as the club announces this morning that Braden Shin will serve as the captain moving forward. He has been an assistant captain each of the last three seasons. Thomas, Justin Falk, and Colton Pareco will serve as assistant captains this upcoming season. Shin is going into his seventh season with the Blues. Matt Pauley, KMOX Sports. I'm Tom Ackerman. That's one of the most fun games I've ever pitched in my whole life. Certainly will go down as a top three moment for me, ever, you know, baseball-wise. So, um, glad I got to do it here in front of our fans. Adam Wainwright on winning number 200 of his career. This is how it sounded on KMOX. Short right field. Tommy Edmund goes out. He's under it. He makes the catch! It's a wiener, Redbird winner! 200 career victories! John Rooney with a one nothing victory over the Brewers. They'll host him again tonight at Bush Stadium at 645. The six pro sports teams in Missouri have submitted ballot language to the Secretary of State to put sports betting on the ballot next year. Cardinals President Bill DeWitt III describes the lengthy process ahead.
1: Number one, get the Secretary of State's office to approve the language, and that's what, we've, what we're in the process of, of doing right now. Uh, then you have to get a bunch of signatures um, that you know, need to be verified. Um, and that signature-gathering process um, you know, takes a while.
0: It says they're appealing to fans to support the effort. The KMOX Business Desk looking for some extra holiday cash.
1: Each fall, retailers need to add seasonal workers to their payrolls for what they hope is the big holiday shopping blitz. Amazon says this time around it will hire a quarter of a million workers. full and part-time jobs, both in warehouses and in delivery vehicles. Amazon says it's also investing $1.3 billion in pay raises. Andrew Rodin, Bloomberg Radio. As we continue on KMOX,
0: automakers are scrambling to meet a new deadline that would be Friday at noon when the United Auto Workers president, Sean Fain, has promised to strike more plants if there's not significant progress. We are at ground zero already in the St. Louis region for this with the GM Wentzville assembly plant, workers there on the picket lines. Let's take you to Detroit now and talk with WWJ radio auto reporter Jeff Gilbert. Thank you for being with us, Jeff. Sure. Thanks for calling. So is there any word on any new progress?
1: No, it looks like progress is slow. We talked to the chief operating officer at Stellantis today. Now, Stellantis is a company that owns Jeep, Chrysler, Dodge, Ram. And he says that they're making really good progress on the lesser issues, the ones that the committees are working on. But when it comes to the higher-up issues like wages, pensions, things of that nature, there's still a pretty wide gap between what the union wants and what the companies are willing to pay.
0: Is there at least uh, some more urgency to this because of the threat that was made to expand the number of plants affected?
1: Well, obviously, that was the intent of Sean Fain, the UAW president, when he announced that, to kind of say, OK, look, the pressure is on. The clock is ticking. We've got three plants out now. And on Friday, there will be more plants. And, and the, the way he put it is, if I don't see substantial progress. So he doesn't need a settlement by Friday. If uh, they say that they're on track to a settlement, then he may not... Uh, launch the second strike. But that's the, the whole purpose of this strategy, to start out at, at one level and then just sort of lift it up as it goes along.
0: Now, we've heard a lot about compensation uh, in terms of salary, working hours, and retirement, but we've also heard a lot about the EV transition and more of a, an existential fear about whether the jobs will even be there uh, to begin with. What's, what's kind of the biggest challenge uh, at this point?
1: That there are so many challenges when it comes to EVs. You mentioned one of them that electric vehicles may not need as many people to build them as gasoline-powered vehicles. Of course, the car makers say, yes, we still will need people to do batteries and other things, people that are doing transmissions right now. But but the union is concerned that those battery-making people will end up getting a lower wage, too. So that that's another concern. And, and the other concern is affordability of EVs. This is a concern on the part of the car makers that, uh, you know, right now they're already being undercut by Tesla, and if their labor costs go up and Tesla's labor costs stay how they are, they can't afford to match a company like that. So that that's another concern.
0: You know, if this were 20 years ago, we might be talking about uh, whether the strike would expand beyond Wentzville to, uh, you know, Fort Hazelwood or Chrysler Fenton. Uh, But those plants are gone. I imagine uh, the the consolidation and and the pullback from a lot of different territories uh, is also weighing on the minds of auto, auto workers.
1: Well, well, certainly that is a concern, and that's one of the things that the union wants is a ban on plant closings. Uh, But, uh, you know, you you see a very different auto industry today as well. Twenty years ago, if we were talking about this, it would be shutting down a lot of product from dealers. Well, now, you know, you'll have dealers without products from the Detroit 3, but dealers for Toyota, Honda, Hyundai, Kia they'll all have plenty of products. So, you know, that that's another incentive to get this settled quickly because car makers don't want to lose sales to their competition.
0: Why was Wentzville one of the first three to be targeted? What's what's the significance of uh, the plant that we've got here in the St. Louis Metro?
1: Well, if you take a look at the pattern, uh, all three plants that were targeted make SUVs and small pickups and uh, it's GM small pickups that are made at Wentzville. On top of that, there are a number of new products at these plants. So that is what the UAW targeted the first time around. These plants might be kind of like in the second tier of most damaging to car makers. So they can amp it up this time. They might strike a full size pickup plant, which would hit car makers' profits even more, or they could strike an engine or a transmission plant, and that would cause a ripple effect and cause assembly plants to shut down. So you can see they're working through their strategy. It'll be interesting to see if there's no, no, advancement in the negotiations, it'll be interesting to see what kinds of plants are chosen for the second round.
0: Yeah, so those workers at Ford in Clay Como in Missouri just uh, by Kansas City are probably watching this really closely.
1: Well, that's a very important plant because that makes the F-150 pickup, that makes the transit van, two very popular products. And, you know, if they struck the uh, pickup plants, those would really hurt the Detroit 3. Not right away because they've got some pretty good inventories, but over time. Now, we saw another uh,
0: spillover impact. U.S. Steel has decided to idle its Granite City Steel plant. More than 1,000 workers affected. The the company says it anticipates uh, lower demand for sheet metal because of the auto strike. Is this an impact that, that stands up to scrutiny? And are there more impacts like that, which we can anticipate?
1: Uh, Yes to both questions. Obviously, that does stand up to scrutiny uh, because there's a lot of steel that's used in vehicles. And if you're not making the vehicles, you don't need the steel. But throughout the supply base, you're going to see that from, you know, companies that make wheels, companies that make tires, companies that make any number of things that go into vehicles. They're not going to need workers because they're not going to be making these parts because the cars aren't going to be assembled. So, yeah, there'll be layoffs throughout the supply chain. And you get down into the second and third tier of suppliers. There are a lot of those suppliers that are not financially all that healthy. So there's worry that if this drags on, some of those suppliers could end up going into bankruptcy. And that could hurt a restart of the auto industry after the strike. If a certain parts maker goes into bankruptcy, the car makers are going to have to find somebody else to make that part. So you can see how complicated this can become.
0: Well, we'll continue to follow it as the situation develops and as that Friday deadline nears closer. WWJ News Radio, fellow Odyssey station reporter Jeff Gilbert, thank you for being with us on KMOX in St. Louis. Thanks for the call. I'm Michael Calhoun. Thank you for tuning in. Subscribe to the St. Louis All Local on the Odyssey app or your favorite podcast app.